I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. Pastor Morse, come in. Everybody say, Lord, bless him in Jesus' name. Come on, let's love the Lord. Come on, let's love him. He's worthy of your praise. the orders we need he knows every valley every mountain he knows tricks of the enemy he knows our uprising our downfalls he promised he promised us that he wouldn't put more on us than what we could bear there's none greater when it loves us more than he does and willing to pay the price and to, uh, then to show compassion and mercy and grace and working with us working with us to make us those overcomers and victorious over the power of the enemy of our soul when it's all said and done none of us is a match against sin none of us is a match against the devil Scripture's taught if God's for you, who can be against you? But if God's not for you, you're doomed. <laughs> you're doomed. You, you and I, we, we just don't have it within us to save ourselves. We just, it's, it's impossible. We've got to have a Savior. We've got to have the voice of God. And, and we've got to have a fivefold ministry. and got to have a church. and got to have a lot of things that God set up. And, it's been set up for 2,000 years to save us, to guide us, to help us along in life and to live an overcoming life and a victorious life. Oh, we'd love to be able to soar. We'd love to be able to soar all the time. <laughs> Amen. Just above the clouds and above all the, you know, and just soar. But, but we got to come down and walk sometimes. Got to come down and Put our feet back into the sandals and put our feet back on that hot sand and start walking those paths and listening. Then there's times it comes in our lives that uh, we don't hear nothing. We're not sure. And so we just have to stand and we have to wait. Again tonight, I'm not going to be lengthy. I don't believe at all. Uh, with the help of God, but I want to preach a little thought. Amen. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. I believe we, even among us, when I say that, I'm talking about one God, Pentecostal, apostolic people. I'd love to stand here tonight and with full confidence and assurance that there's been no gaps in this. <laughs> and there, you know, we, we, we got it, man. We got all of them boarded up and kept. And 
The enemy hadn't made no inroads and hadn't made no headway. But you'd know as well as I do that that wouldn't be the truth. That wouldn't be the truth. And uh, if you got your Bibles, turn with us Ezekiel 13. And 5th verse, Ezekiel 13, 1 through 5, but we'll read the focus verses, verse 5. It's good to have Sister Miranda back with us tonight. Did I get the name right? Did I get close? Amelia, okay. I'm, I've tried to remember for a week. I'm sorry. My wife told me one time, so I went off of that. Amen. But anyway, we're going to learn it. I've heard it twice now, so... Praise God. But if she's back, it's good to have her with her. Appreciate her being here. It's good to see all of you. It's good to see Brother Joe back there. It's been several months to see him in church. Good to see him back in the house of God today. God bless him. Man, it's always good to see people come to the house of God and to join with worship with us. It's nothing like being in the house of God and having the word of God and joining with songs and worship and things of that nature. Ezekiel 13 and 5. He have not gone up into the gaps. He's talking to the false prophets here. This is Ezekiel. It's God speaking to him. And he's, he's writing this and speaking unto the false prophets. This is where they had failed. This is where they had dropped the ball. This is um, what caused Israel and helped cause Israel to sin. He have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. To stand in the battle. You know, I really believe before the coming of the Lord, as much as we are believing and trusting God and Believing in revival and outbreak. I believe it's really going to mean something to stand in this end time. Not to allow the gaps to be unattended. I want to preach this as much tonight on a personal basis for each one of us. And not just to the prophets and those that failed. And those that may be failing around us. But... But also I realize that it's into the ministry and the five-fold ministry, especially pastors. You know, it's, it's one thing for a, the pastor to hear the voice for his, for his own footsteps. And for he, where God wants him to walk. But it's also the responsibility falls upon him trying in prayer and to give guidance, instructions, and help. Amen. As we talked several weeks on the doctrine, and when you, I gave you the definition at the beginning of that first message about being a teacher, an instructor, a coach. And so the, the weight's there to try to come up with the words to persuade each and every individual to make sure they're walking in the order that God would have them to walk. To make sure that you and I are examining our own hearts and our own minds and spirit. Because each one of us is responsible for our own heart when you get down to it. We're responsible for our own minds and our actions. and Because only God can be there all the time. And be involved in every conversation and every decision and direction that you're going to take. 
But the responsibility weighs heavy on a preacher. Man, every time he steps into a pulpit, that responsibility of trying to either keep us out of a pit or pull us out of one. Amen. And so the reason that we fall into pits is because we allowed gaps into our lives. We allowed gaps into our hearts and into our minds. And here, man, these false prophets had failed. Had failed to tend to the gaps. And here's the biggest problem with that that we're going to learn tonight. And I promise you, we're not going to preach long. It's not, it is the enemy. But there's a bigger problem than the enemy. But it's when God starts coming through the gap to destroy, to tear down. Watch this tonight. God, we love you and appreciate you. Thank God for every individual in this house tonight. God, I I thank you for them. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to try our best to pastor and try our best to be a voice in their lives and be an instructor to be a help. God, I know, I know within myself that we have failed many times. But God, we're asking you to help us here tonight and to anoint us and that you'd put your touch upon us here tonight. We would make this thing real personal tonight. That we'd find that help to stand and not just stand anywhere. Not to find just some comfort zone. But God, we'd start examining ourselves and and, and our, our situations around us. God, you'd help us to start standing in the gap. The gap, God, that the enemy will come through. But not only the enemy, but God, even you, you, as you, you begin to... Work your way through this gap and to, and to work upon us. But God, tonight, tonight, I'm asking you for just the next few minutes, for the next few minutes to help me. Help me preach a word for just a moment into the hearts and the soul and the mind of your people. What a great people they are that love you and that love this truth. And God, we're asking you to visit us here tonight and to stir us up in this house tonight by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you and you may be seated. Praise God. In Ezekiel, the 13th chapter here, I, I, I preach, I have preached very little probably out of Ezekiel. Probably the 37th chapter is probably what you hear mostly preached out of Ezekiel. Sometimes some goes into the, some of the first chapters of the visions and the encounters that Ezekiel had with God and what some encounters he had. Watch some visitations of beasts and one thing after another. And uh, the, the things now, Ezekiel, if I understand right, was in Babylon. He was carried into that. And so, you know, part of this involved in that, but still was used mindly of God even in that situation. That time period of the nation of Israel. But tonight, this, this particular verse leaped out to me. And uh, just in prayer and study... And to come across this key verse, this focus verse, the fifth verse, amen. And the stand in the battle, stand in the battle. And then as we begin to 
research it out, studied it a little bit, and um, kind of just moved over to stand in the gap. Amen. And, and as much as anything, uh, the willingness to stand. Willingness to stand. I won't never forget a statement that Sister Ford would always make. Man, back in some of my early days, of first in the church and associated with the family, she would make this statement, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Uh, we've lived long enough and been around the church long enough now to, you know, I couldn't have said that the first five years. I couldn't have said that maybe in the first 10 or 15 years. But, but now being around it and associated with it and involved in it for plus 40 years, I can stand here tonight and tell you that um, there are some gaps. There are some things as in a hold, not necessarily this local assembly uh, to, to the whole, but yet as a whole overall. I, I heard some statements in, even this past week. Um, I found just a little surprising uh, about a gentleman that uh, at one time had uh, apparently allowed some things, but then he, he began to buckle down. And as he buckled down, some a man would leave his assembly and his place of worship. But uh, I'd always thought that those things was already nailed down, but uh, apparently from all accounts, they wasn't. Amen. So he began to do that. And I'm not going to give no names. I know that's important. It doesn't really matter. That part doesn't. But uh, I do believe that we're living in a world. We're living in a spiritual world. In a spiritual time. We're not just in the denominal world. Not just in the denominal church. That's always looked for an easier way to go to heaven. Always look for an easier way to say that they're accepted of God. And, and they're going to be saved. They don't mind talking to you until you start drawing some lines. And start putting the word of God out there with this type of statement. If you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. Buddy, they, they, they start bucking then. Are you saying that I'm lost? Are you saying I'm going to hell? That's some of the first statements. And it won't even be your words. It'll just be you'll be giving them the word of God. But they take it that it not as the word of God. They'll take it as your words, that you're judging them, that you don't have a right to judge them. Well, to start with, I, I, I don't try to judge nobody, but I have got an obligation and a responsibility to preach the word of God, to preach the doctrines of Christ. Amen. To stand for the things that my previous pastors have always stood. Doctrines that we've always been associated with, that we've always heard across this pulpit. We kind of got to be like John the Baptist. When he began to preach to him, he looked for fruits of repentance. And if there wasn't any fruits of repentance, you're just wasting your time. The Bible's taught us that he that knoweth to do it good and doeth it not unto him is sin. So whenever you start making your turn to God and make your way back to God, you know the best thing you can do? Start doing what you know is right. That's the real fruits of repentance. Hallelujah. Don't come and try to you know, take a season of this and a season of that. Change this. want to change that one's ideas and opinions or try to change the word of God. No. Just do what you know is right by the word of God. That's true repentance. That's true to make an about face turn. It's when you lay all of that aside and make your way back to God. If you don't do that, then you don't really repent it. You're wasting the time man, of, of the effort you're putting into it. Because unless you really repent, unless you really submit and yield and, and do it that that you know, that you know by the scriptures is right. 
Amen. Then, then you're in trouble. And so as we look at this, and, and uh, as I begin to study, if you go back a couple of verses, especially the beginning, it simply says, Amen, that the word of the Lord had came unto me, talking about Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy. And say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit. Peter made it clear to us, amen, that we're going to have false teachers. We're going to have false prophets. There's going to be a lot of that that goes on, amen, even among us. But as we watch the end time coming, we're beginning to see more and more of this begin to take place. Amen. Especially when you start. And, and I'm not preaching a holiness message so much here tonight. But I'm telling you that's one of the gaps. Amen. And when you start laying aside holiness and separation. It's just a matter of time. Amen. Amen. That God's going to move in. And we're going to talk about it from the fifth chapter of Isaiah. Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you without holiness and the peace with all men. No man's going to see God. There's a true holiness. Amen. And I know. And it's more than just on the outward part. It's got to get on the inward part. But if it never gets on the inward part. It's going to show up on the outward part. I want to get it on the inside. I don't want a spirit of bitterness. I don't want a spirit of envy. I don't want a spirit of jealousy. I don't want a spirit of none of these things clinging to me and getting hold of me. No, I got a spirit inside of me called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is greater than all spirits. The Holy Ghost can help me and lead me and guide me. If I'll just let it on my footsteps, it'll lead me to the gaps. It'll lead me to the bridges in my heart, the bridges in my spirit, the bridges in my mind. It'll lead me there and help me tend to them. It'll help us if we allow it. The Holy Ghost will always lead us and guide us to truth. And sometimes, sometimes looking in that mirror and letting the Holy Ghost lead us to truth. Looking in that mirror, looking into the windows of our soul and saying, okay, God, I want truth. Eternity's hinging on it. Amen. My soul is hinging on it. And I don't want to kid myself or nobody else. But God, if there are some gaps in my spirit and in my heart, and if you're bringing it to my attention, and you know what? We can play ignorance. Brother Ford doesn't mention that tonight. But God knows when he visits us. God knows when he stirs the preacher and he brings forth the word of God. Because that's what the fivefold ministry is all about. Amen. It's about perfecting the saints. It's about edifying the saints. It's about building us up. It's about bringing things to our attention that maybe we just didn't really want to, you know, really want to admit it. Or, or, but so God brings forth the foolishness of preaching. Amen. And that foolishness of preaching is not just a man. Amen. That preaching of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But that preaching ties into a lot of other areas in our hearts and lives after receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a reason you and I cannot be saved without a preacher or 
listen to preaching. Everybody's got to listen to it. Everybody's got to have a passion for it and desire for it. Because I'm going to be redeemed and reconciled and brought out of this world by good Holy Ghost anointed preaching that comes in the throne room of heaven. That's good holy and godly men and women, amen, that's preaching this gospel. That's preaching this truth, God. Hallelujah, because I'm telling you, hallelujah, even Peter took the time to write it down. Amen. He said, I know you know this, but that you may not let it slip, that you may not let it get away from you. I'm telling you, time and life and events around us and people getting involved and all of a sudden we don't feel this gets guilty about it. All of a sudden we begin to get calloused and our conscience don't seem to be as alert as it once was. And things, and, and, and we begin to get called up and we begin to say things and actions begin to take in our lives. And, and we begin to, uh, uh, we may handle people you know, a little different than what we would have. Amen, amen, two years ago in the Holy Ghost. And, and especially when we first got the Holy Ghost. We're always careful in man, what we said and how we handled ourselves because we did care. We ought to care. Please, don't let a spirit get a hold of you that you don't care what people think about you. Watch that spirit. Because when you get where you don't care what people think about you, you probably don't care much about what your pastor thinks about you, and you probably don't care much about what God thinks about you either. It's a gap. It's a gap. It's a gap, I'm telling you. I should read so much criticism in our world today. Man, tearing down and mockery and one thing after another. Man, there's a spirit behind that. There's a spirit and a power behind that to get, get, get a hold of us. And, and so, but you look at the fourth verse here and it says, O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Thy prophets. We know the scriptures taught us in Psalms 2 and 15. Amen. Song of Solomon. 215. Take us the foxes, the little foxes, for they spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes, but it's the little foxes. It's sometimes it's some of those things it's not real noticeable. And they just, you know, what does these little foxes do? I mean, how can they destroy them? They tell us that they can get into those vineyards and in their playful time. Anybody ever raise puppies? <laughs> Amen. They ever chew on anything? <laughs> Amen. That's what these little foxes do, man. They get around the vine and around the branch of it. First use, you know, they'll, they'll chew all the bark off of it. Amen. And over a period of time, that vine is going to die. So this is how the enemy works. See, it's, Proverbs talks about it as being like a wall. A man that maybe only one stone is found. How many of you like to do maintenance at the house? How many of you checked? How many of you got a spare tire? How many of you know that you got a spare tire? How many checked the air in your spare tire in the last two weeks? Month. Six months. Six years. I'm guilty. Ten. I don't even think the spare tire that I got under that truck out there would work on my truck. Because it's probably not the right size. Remember Brother McCain put them big wheels and tires on it. He didn't get a fifth one to put underneath it to put on it when you... <laughs> and so it came with the one that's on it. 
And, and I might could get by for a few miles, but if I'm not careful, he'd probably tear something up. So, so you see what I'm saying? And, and so the enemy, that's the way he wants to work. That's the way he wants to work against us. When you go to Psalms 80, and I'm just going to prove a little point here. Amen. And uh, about Israel, about being that vine. Amen. And, and when you talk about Israel, you talk about the church. Israel was a physical church. We're, we're a spiritual church, but it works a lot hand in hand. Amen. And so when you go to Psalms 80, because here the Israel that he talked about are like foxes with their cunning and abilities to spoil the vine. He says, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen, planted it. Thou preparest room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root. And it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it. The boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs, amen, unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges? So that all they which pass by the way do pluck her. Listen to what it's saying there. Could it be the reason the church doesn't have the power and the influence and the ability that she had in the early 1900s? Hallelujah, that can move upon alcoholics and move upon people and mean men. Hallelujah, mean families. Hallelujah, that was mean to the core. But they could come to them old tent meetings. And then that old sawdust and old plank, old, old plank of uh, benches, amen, to sit on. Amen, to fight, fight away the flies and have one just a little light bulb in there and all the elements were against them but the power of God would move and the glory of God would move and that church would get together hallelujah and you know what preachers didn't have no problem naming sin they tell them quick like, you keep smoking them cigarettes you're going to hell it didn't offend them it caused them to repent hallelujah they told them amen if you don't get out of that shacking up business and that homosexual business and that fornicating business you're going to hell they didn't get mad about it amen why because the power of God was there and you know there and they desire to be saved above everything else. Gap that made its way into the church. Gap, amen. They was complete. They was a total. Hallelujah. They was unified. They was bonded together and increasing and doing what God wanted them to do. But today, I can already tell with some looks on some faces here, but, but I'm still responsible. I'm going to tell you something. This is two Sunday nights. I've come to this pulpit sick. But I'm going to preach anyway. My head's about to bust wide open. I'm still going to preach. Hallelujah. But God's going to help us. Amen. Because you know why? Somebody's got to be willing to make a stand at this end time. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to make a stand and not just any place. You got to make up in your mind, I'm going to make a stand in the gap where all the other churches is leaving gaps open. I'm going to start standing there because this is, this is the access. This is the place where the enemy come in. This is the place where we'll be destroyed. And somebody's got to get the backbone and say, well, it really don't matter. Hey, I get tired of hearing some of that. They want to judge about everything we do. Amen. They question everything we do. But you know what? When they need a God, where they're going to come running. When they need a miracle, where they're going to come running when they need a visitation from God Almighty because their baby's in trouble because their family's in trouble hey I need to have a God that I can get hold of the only way I can have that I got to take care of the gaps that's in my heart got to take care of the gaps that's in my spirit and so we, we notice as we watch some of this and, and, and look at this amen they began to pass by do pluck her Free course now because the hedges are been torn down. Amen. And now it's, it's anybody and everything. 
begins to be accepted. And, and we see this. We see this in the dominant world. You see in it among us. Amen. The boar out of the woods doth waste her. Those old hogs have free course. Come in and just eat and do. Take their own pleasure. Amen. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me when I get to preach against these gaps. I'm telling you, I'm trying to keep the boar hogs from eating your lunch. I'm trying to keep the wild beasts from in the fowls of the air. I'm trying to keep those demonic forces and powers of, of evil. Amen. That's going to rob you of your inheritance. That's going to rob you, amen, of your soul. That's going to overpower you and overcome you. But I'm telling you, God's looking. God's looking. And watch this. Amen. If you back up on this, you're going to see it in the next few verses. Amen. God God looked for one man. God looked for one man. He said, if I could just get one man to stand in that gap, I'll make a difference for the old people. So we begin to realize. Next verse says, return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Catch that. You're going to see it again in Psalms. Amen. As it talks about Look down from heaven, behold. And visit this vine. Amen. And the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted. And the branch that thou hast made is strong for thyself. Hey, I believe in this apostolic church. It's a God's church. I believe in this gospel. I believe in the Messiah. I believe he was the son of God. I believe he's God manifest in the flesh. I believe he took 39 shots to heal our bodies. I believe he can save us. I believe, I believe there's not a mountain he can't take care of. A problem too small that he won't visit. I believe every bit of that. Hello, but we got to have an old-fashioned move of God. But the only way we're going to get an old-fashioned move of God, there's some gaps, amen, that somebody's got to start standing in. There's some gaps, amen, that you and I individually got a purpose in our own hearts and minds and spirit. I'm fixing to stand in the gap and I'm fixing to work on it and I'm fixing to fill it up. I tell you a good way to do it. We all going to start talking about on Wednesday. Go back to an old-fashioned prayer meetings. Go back to old-fashioned prayer times of prayer. I tell you, you'll see a move of God like you ain't never seen. Isaiah 5, here Isaiah in the 5th chapter, just a chapter prior to 6th chapter, where, where, where Isaiah saw the King Isaiah died, and the Lord high lifted up, and his, his strain fills the house. But listen to this 5th chapter. Amen. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song, my beloved, touching his vineyard. Amen, his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it. Man, God fenced this church. God's put some hedge around us. Amen. God put a hedge around Job. He put a hedge around this church. And you and I ain't got no business letting nobody, amen, tear it down. You and I don't have any business of letting anybody, including ourselves. I don't care if it is your little darling. Hello, you ain't got no business of letting it be tore down. You ain't got no business of letting it find a weak place in it. It ain't just about you and your little baby and your carnality and trying to satisfy your flesh. You're going to cause everybody. You're going to cause everybody to get in jeopardy. So somebody's got to stand in the gap. So as you watch him, 
He said, I fenced it in. I gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choices of vines and built a tower in the midst of it. Also, I made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. But it what, what wild grapes, sour grapes, bitter grapes. Hallelujah. It wasn't grapes that can be received. Hey, I will tell you something. I want this church to produce the fruit that God can take the palpitation in. That God, amen, to show up in this place and manifest himself. Hallelujah. He would never be ashamed to call us his God. He'd never be asking about, hey, that's my little darling. That's the apple of my eye. Hallelujah. They'll give me the battle. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to give them the victory. I'm telling you, God, to give us a victory in Pendale, Mississippi. God has given us a revival. But I got to get somebody to help me to make up the gap, make up the help, make up the edge. And God's working for us. Amen. Amen. Now go to, I will tell you, that I will do to my vineyard. Watch him now. Watch what he says here in this next verse. I will take away the hedge thereof. If you don't tend to the gap, those things that you're holding on to now, that you, you, you're confessing that, you, you know, that's God, man. That's God. You'll see the day when they won't, exi- they won't exist in your life. Because God's going to tear them down. And when God starts tearing them down, He's going to send you a strong delusion that you'll believe a lie. And you won't believe nothing about godliness. You won't believe nothing about holiness. You won't believe nothing about being upright. I'm telling you, amen. It's not a time, amen, to back up. It's a time, amen. It's not a time, amen, to turning back. It's a time to make a stand and say, you know what? I'm going to make up the gap. I'm going to make up the head. I'm going to examine my own heart. God, if you'll help me through prayer, I'm going to take a check in my own heart, my mind, and my spirit. Make sure there's no gaps in it. So now we see. He said, I'll take the hedges. He said, it shall be eaten up. Break down the walls thereof. And it shall be trodden down. Church. I believe the church is still the most powerful institution on the face of the earth. I believe we got more power than the White House. I believe we got more power than any government. I believe we got more power than hell. I believe we got more power than the devil. I believe we got more power than sin. I believe we got more power than all the loopholes. I believe it, honey. I believe it. By the help of God, if I wait on the Lord, He'll order my footsteps. If He's ordered my footsteps, honey, I'm not going to walk in quit sin. I'm not going to walk in places they ain't got no business. But if I do, God will be with me. And if God's with me and working for me, honey, He'll give me the victory. He'll give me the victory. He'll show up. Hallelujah. We'll just walk in the powers of his promise of truth and just stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. We ain't here to change and tear down the hedges. We ain't here to make, let the gaps have its way. No, we're here, amen, to let God be God. Praise God. Jeremiah put it this way in 2 and 21. I have planted thee of noble vine, holy, amen, a right seed. So when we move from that, let's go back to Exodus in just for a few minutes. In Exodus 17, going to read about Moses. Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men. Go out and fight against the Amalekites. Watch the next little bit. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Stand on the top of that hill with the rod of God. 
Amen. First battle, you read about Israel. Amen. And he sent, amen, he sent Joshua out, amen, to choose out some men that will fight. God's still in the choosing business. Amen. And what God chooses and who he puts in order. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Amen. And it went on. It goes through the 13th verse there. How that the Lord, amen, moved for them and fought and gave them that battle. Amen. And then 32 and 11 talks about Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people? You know, this is after the golden calf and after the worship of it. And God wanted to go down and destroy the whole nation and raise him up a new nation but it was one man by the name of Moses that's going to be willing to stand in the gap that's going to be willing amen to build back up the edge one man that saved the nation of Israel at that point in time facing God face to face amen coming up in that dark place with God in prayer and supplication hey I'm telling you your prayers can make the difference one man standing in the gap so what if your buddies are doing it so what amen if your, 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 your girlfriends are doing it so what if your family's doing it Hallelujah, God will give you the courage and God will give you the strength. Hallelujah, I'm going to stand in the gap. And if I stand in the gap, God's going to stand with me. And if God stands with me, who can be against me? Who can overcome me? Who can outbar me? I'll tell you, God will stand with us. God will give us the anointing, the power, and the ability to live the overcoming lives against the spiritual forces of hell. Could it be tonight that the reason, amen, that in the spiritual realms... We don't have the power and the authority that we ought to have. Uh, and please don't take that wrong. We're moving. We're, we're moving. We're, God's helping us. And, but, but could it be now that uh, as God leads us and guides us and we're getting back into prayer. Uh, I'm going to tell Brother Brad Ford told me the other night. Amen. Mikey and them. You know who Mikey is? Hog hunts with him. God told the ghost here a little while back. And, and so those men decided to come show up every, every morning in the house of God and begin to pray. I'm not sure how many of them. Hallelujah. Last Sunday night, amen, they just had pretty much a normal service. All the preaching, singing, all that. Say, but to the end of the service, said all of a sudden, said they were just kind of up around the altar praying and doing. Say, but all of a sudden, said the power of God fell. He said, man, he said, folks is laying out, weeping and crying and doing. Said, seven got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's not, not topping it off. One of those seven had been seeking the Holy Ghost for 45 years. Hallelujah. And got the Holy Ghost Sunday night. Said he was weeping and laughing at the same time. I'm telling you, old-fashioned prayer meetings. Hallelujah. It's the only thing that's going to close up those guys. Some of you think you can make it without prayer. I'm here to tell you. You're not making it. You're not making it. There's gaps in your life. And the enemy's coming in. And if you don't start doing something about it, just a few days down the road, you got to realize it. God's for us, folks. He's not against us. He's for us tonight. Hallelujah. God's chosen people. Chosen vessels. Amen. You look at it. 
Psalms 105 and 6 says, O he the seed of Abraham, his servants, he children of Jacob, his chosen. 105 and 26 says, He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. I'm telling you, God's on the prowl tonight. He's looking for one man. He's looking for one lady. He's looking for somebody that's willing to stand in the gap. He's looking for somebody that's willing to make the sacrifice. He's willing for somebody, amen, with the right attitude and the right spirit to be chosen. Chosen by his hand, to be chosen by his spirit. Hallelujah. God to stand up in the gap of this day and time that we're living in tonight. Oh God. Amen. John 15 and 16 has taught us. He said, Ye have not chosen me. Talking about the Lord, but I have chosen you. John 15 and 19 says, Ye are of the world, and the world would love you his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes that bothers me, that the world don't hate us as much as they ought to. Could it be that I'm a little too friendly? Could it be that I'm just a little too justifying and don't want to offend them and hurt them? Come on, I want to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. But I don't want to just sit back and let people go to hell because I'm not making a stand that he wants me to make them. Hallelujah, because them scouts, amen, it's making its inroads into the apostolic church and the apostolic movement. And we've been called out of the world. We've been called into his light. And if we're called into his light, we've got the responsibility. Amen, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've got the responsibility, amen, to stand Gets darkness and all the gaps that leads to darkness. It doesn't matter what generation's coming up. It doesn't matter how much technology we got. It doesn't matter how big churches or small churches are. We've got a responsibility as individuals to stand in the gap and make up the edge. One of the best places we can start is our own hearts and our own lives and our own homes. Amen. To, to examine, to watch, to take note, and to make sure. Amen. That we're going to put up the fight to make sure that we're going to walk in the powers of his promise. I'm, I'm going to bypass that second page. Amen. I'm going to go to the third one. In Exodus 32. Amen. 13th and 14th verse about Moses. Amen. Moses here as he intervenes. Amen. For, for God. Let, let me back up. There's one verse. I wanted to bring to your attention in Psalms that puts it real plain for us. Man. In Psalms 106 and 23, therefore he said that he would destroy them, talking about God destroying Israel. Had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the bridge. To turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Whose wrath was Moses turning away? It wasn't from the devil. It wasn't from the world. It was from God himself. A man with a wrath coming to destroy them. But Moses, a chosen man of God, stood in the gap, stood in the bridge, amen. Hallelujah. And kept the wrath of God from destroying them. Hallelujah. You can like or dislike your pastor or the fivefold ministry, but it could be their prayers is the only thing that's kept you out of the clutches of hell. So it'd be the only thing, amen, that's kept you from getting gobbled It's a faithfulness and commitment, amen. And the prayers of the man of God that just won't give up. But we're not compromising. 
We're not changing it. Coming out of that world, we're going to stay out of that world. We don't need worldly events. We got to have worldly events to, to compete with other churches and they let them do what they want to do. Hallelujah. I'd rather stay with this. Hallelujah. If we never get 300, I'd rather leave here with 100 going to heaven. Having 300, don't get 30 out of it. Hallelujah. Because we got too many gaps and we got too much worldliness and too many bad attitudes and bad spirits and overlooking stuff. Moses, he made that stand. Amen. Amen. He made that stand. Musicians, you can come. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. So when you go back to our focus verse, he have not gone up. Into the gaps. These false prophets. Just allowed them. Just allowed these. Doctrines if you want to say. Beliefs. Practices. Worshipping false gods. Worshipping idols. Committing all type of. Ungodliness. They never bothered to go to any one of those gaps. And try to close them up. Amen. And this is what Ezekiel's writing to them about and telling them. They had failed to stand in the gap. And now, now, the wrath of God's coming. The judgment of God's coming. It's one thing to let the devil come against us. It's one thing to let sin have its way. But when God comes with his wrath, it's a different ball game. There's nobody to turn to. There's nobody to cry out to. There's not a preacher. There's not a a mom or dad. There's not anybody. A man that can help you now. A man once you reach that point and reach that place and no return. A man, you're in the hands of a merciful God. If he sees fit to show mercy, he doesn't have to. If he's already sent the man of God, if he's already sent his power and his word, if he's visited us time after time, but in a stiff-necked and rebellious way, we just continue on to fulfill our own desires and fulfill our own happiness or things of that nature, maybe, is what we're calling it. But I'm here to preach to you again tonight. To happiness, say, ma'am, happiness is not real joy. There's a difference between happiness Happiness and joy. Happiness is controlled by external things. It's controlled by what you live in and what you drive. And if your washing machine don't tear up things. But joy, joy, joy comes from the inside. And regardless of the storms and the battles and the failures and the bankruptcies and, and the sickness and things attack you, it can't take that joy. It's something that God gives you. And the devil can't take it. Sickness can't take it. Spiritual battles can't overcome. You sit there looking at me, but I'm preaching to you tonight, honey. Hallelujah. We got to get stirred up and get an old-fashioned move of God, the joy of the Lord. And serving him all over again. The lover of my soul, the lover of my life. Man, the best friend I've ever had and never gonna have is this man called Jesus. You know what got Lot out of Sodom? He had a man of faith in his life. He had a man by the name of Abraham. That God seemed fit to visit him and walk by his tent. And they don't leave. And he said, you know what? I'm going to let Abraham know what's going on. What's going to do. And it was Abraham. 
I was going to use this Wednesday night and didn't get quite that far. But it was Abraham that started by chance. God, would you destroy, would you destroy the whole city if there was 50 righteous people in that city? I mean, there's thousands of people in the city. But God, God, he didn't, he didn't want to destroy. God ain't in the business of destroying. He's in the business of saving. He's in the business of delivering. And so Abraham, he said, amen. He said, hey, don't, don't get offended. Don't get mad at me, God. But, but what if there's only 45? Then he makes his way to, by chance. Uh, amen. If there's 40, 30, 20. He made his way to 10. People tried to figure out why did he stop there. I don't know. And I don't know. But God... Amen. But really, he couldn't even find ten righteous people in that city. And maybe, 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 maybe if Peter went to one, hallelujah, maybe Lot, Lot, I don't know. Hallelujah, you know the story. But thank God that Lot had a man that would intercede, that would stand in the gap, that would petition for him and cry out for him. Amen. That his soul might be saved. That his soul might be delivered. Folks, it's still going to take the Holy Ghost. Still going to take living right and doing right. I don't care how modern the world gets and what's accepted in other places you go and what they may be allowing and what they're accepting. But I'm here to tell you, amen, those gaps are going to show up. Amen. They're already showing up. If you go to some places, they don't even look like apostolic churches. They don't even look like Pentecostal churches. What do you think they're at in God's sight? God's business we want the favor of God we want the blessings of God we want the power of God in our lives one more man I want to mention to you tonight as you stand in this house talks about Samuel Samuel when the Philistines had come up against them come up against Israel and the Israelites realized that they had sinned and they called on Samuel to pray for him to intercede for him and Samuel did and the Bible says that the Lord ringed out like thunder come to the rescue if you look in the Old Testament any time that thunder business was, was a representation and a symbolism of the power of God the authority of God and the presence of God that showed up but in 1 Samuel 12 and, 3, 12 and 23, Samuel says this. Moreover, as far as me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. We sang the song tonight. Let's just wait on the Lord. He'll order our footsteps. He'll bring the right one. He'll work it all out if I'll just wait on the Lord. If I'll just do it the way this book has taught me to do it. And be patient in it. God will bring it about. God will work it out. I mean, do we really mean it when we say, God, I want your will in my life? Do we really mean it? Are we really, really, really willing to wait? Because we are. So how can this happen? What if we all just start making our way up here tonight and take a few moments maybe into in prayer and amen. Call of the Lord as the singers come. They can sing that song again, whatever they feel. Amen. In this house tonight, whatever the direction God have them to go. Amen. But folks, 
God's working for us. The power of God, the presence of the Lord, the goodness of God. So let's let him work on us here tonight. Let's let him work on our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Let's let him visit us here tonight. And I want to be right with him. I want to be right with you. I want to be right with everybody that I possibly can. I want to make heaven, but more importantly, I want to do everything I can. I got some children. I got some grandbabies. I want them to know and how to live for God and how to talk to the Lord and how to allow God in their lives and work among them. I'm telling you, amen. It's not a time to just don't unattend the gaps, but let's attend to them. Let's visit them. Let's walk up to them with made up minds and hearts. Hallelujah. As God helps us, as God leads us, as God directs us, God bless them as they sing.